Uh, one time I was visiting uh, Puerto Rico, and uh, I do that somewhat regularly, and the brothers asked me to give a fellowship for the sisters. That was the first time that I had that kind of opportunity there. And um, I remember I was, I was before the Lord, so what to share with the sisters? And um, uh, that afternoon, I remember it was a Saturday afternoon, and I was still not so clear, and uh, then something just kind of came to me, and I pulled out my Bible and sat at my, my desk, and, uh, and story after story, I started thinking about the sisters, and so I gave a message that evening, that, not a message, it was, a, it was really a, a fellowship, it was actually like a joint Bible study, Bible study, uh, and I entitled it this, 40, 40, the number 40, plus 7, plus 1. That was the title of our fellowship. And so we did a study together. Uh, it was, it was uh, uh, actually the most fun I've ever had in a meeting, I have to say, <laughs> with, the, with those sisters. Um, because I told them we were going to, we were going to, we were going to uh, look at 40 cases of uh, sisters or women in the Bible. And they'd never been in such a meeting. Actually, I've never, I had never been in such a meeting. So we kind of did it together. And, uh, and so I, I would call out either a, you know, a name or, or a passage, and they would open, and sisters would read, and, and oh, they were, they, they were very happy to see all of the different uh, scenarios and functions that, that uh, sisters have. Um, and it's almost like a, I, I don't know what the, uh, um, kind of an impression, I guess, kind of an impression that, that in the church or in God's work, um, sisters take a kind of lesser role or back role role or something like this. But when we were going through this, you could see uh, mm, that's not an accurate description mm-hmm. of, of what the story is. Um, I'm not going to repeat that this afternoon. Maybe the Lord would lead us at some other time. We could have this kind of fun together to go through and look at, mm-hmm. at, at the, different, the different cases. Although I would like to highlight a couple of them well, uh, with, with you. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in the scriptures, um, there's, maybe we'll look at these, these couple of verses. Uh, this is Galatians, Galatians 3, 28, Galatians 3, 28, and then 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to contrast something in this to start my, uh, uh, my fellowship. So... Uh, what did I say? The first one, Galatians. Three yeah, Galatians three. Um, yeah, three twenty-eight. And this talking about baptism, so we can we can really start with verse twenty-seven. It says, "For as many of of you as were baptized into Christ have, and that's important, baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There cannot be Jew nor Greek. There cannot be slave nor free." There cannot be male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So here, very, uh, I hope you pay attention, that very, there's a very fine kind of view. In Christ, in Christ, there's no male and female. In Christ, there's no male and female. Which, which means that we're just his children. We're just as children. And yes, in the scripture, it, it almost always says we're sons of God. So you are a son of God, as I am. You're sons of God. Um, only a couple of times in the scriptures, did, in, in the Gospels, did the Lord say, daughter, daughter. Actually, those are very sweet encounters. Um, one of them was the woman that had the flow of blood. Mm-hmm. You know, he said to her, daughter, daughter. It was very sweet. 
uh, but usually it refers to sons of God. The point is that each of us before the Lord is the same in this aspect of receiving his life and growing in life and maturing in life, reigning in life. So that's why you can have their females, sisters, who have more growth in life than brothers. Even, even in a couple, as a couple, sometimes young couples, they come to talk to us, they, or this one, you know, the sister would wonder, oh, he's, he's, kind of, he's newer in the church, is it a right match, and this and that. And we always tell them, actually, don't, it's not a matter of having the same growth in life. It's a matter of having the same heart and consecration. Because someone newer, newer, the Lord might match you with someone who's newer, or younger in the Lord. And, and you have more growth in life, more experience in the church, in the church life. Actually, I know several couples uh, like this that actually she shepherded him on in, 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 in the church life. However, however, and there is a however, um, well, uh, pause. <laughs> however, we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, the, the other verse is is a kind of sister portion to this. Is uh, what did I say? First Corinthians, chapter, uh, chapter twelve, and uh, and here, what's the verse? Um, uh, Thirteen. Thirteen. And, and so let, let's... Uh, yeah, yeah, thirteen. For also, in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Now, pay attention. Here it says, not baptized into Christ, but baptized into the body. Into the body. But many readers of the Bible, when they read, they feel, it's all the same. And in one sense, it is all the same. Because if you're in Christ, then you're in the body. If you're in the body, you can't be in the body without being in Christ. But it's not just all the same. It, the differences matter. So be, this talks about being baptized into the body, whether Jew, Jews or Greeks, or the slaves are free, and we're all given to drink one spirit. So the point is, what's missing here? And what's missing here is that... It, 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 it doesn't say whether male and female. Because, because here it's emphasizing Jew, Greek, all the same. In the body. Right? Slave free, you have the book of Philemon that shows us all the same in the body. But the distinction of male and female remains in the body of Christ and in the church. That, that remains. Because that's, that's the church. That's hum, human life. That's human life. And God created us male and female. You know, that, that used to be a very simple statement to say. <laughs> Today, when you say it, it means war. It's very interesting. It was brothers and sisters, beloved. It, times have changed. Know the, know the times. Amen. Ten years ago, if we just say, uh, God created us male and female, it's like a man, you know, <laughs> generally. <laughs> but today, when, when, when we say this in public, there's, there's always the threat of something. Ah, of something. The times have changed. And I wonder, I, I wonder, brothers, how? Well, those who are listening to the recording, I said, brothers. There's only four brothers here. Five, five brothers. <laughs> I thought you said brothers can't come. Um, what will it be? What will it be in the summer school in 2025? Will we still have the freedom to say a simple statement like this. Mm-hmm. Times are a change. It's very interesting. And what will be our response to that? Mm-hmm. Wow. Anyway.
But uh, the point here is that in the church, there's still a difference. And the difference is in function. The difference is in function. And God ordained such. God ordained such. He created us, male and female. And, and according to the scripture, husband and wife, mother and father, have different functions. That's God's ordination. That now you ask me, why is it that, that I, I don't even, I don't know why, but God ordained it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know how many of you were involved with the summer, uh, the, the July training, the July training, and uh, I, I actually share one of those messages, the one on Deborah, and I'm going to talk about Deborah in a, in a few moments. Um, and I, I believe I read in, in the course of that message, I read a little portion of a message given by Brother Watchman Nee at a wedding. That I, I don't know if you remember, remember that. And there, there was a wedding meeting, and I was very interested in this. Brother, Brother Nee spoke at a wedding meeting. What did Brother Nee speak at a wedding meeting? And, and so I looked it up, and, and, uh, and he said something like this. He sounded like this. Sisters, the Bible says you have to submit to your husband. Brothers, you have to love your wives. Now, sisters, why does God say submit to your husbands? I don't know. That was his message. I don't know. But I just know if you don't submit, you're going against God's ordination. That's what God said. So I don't know why he ordained it this way. So his point is don't argue with me. You have to argue with God. God, why did you set it up this way? And anyway, my point really is this. Uh, sisters, you have certain functions in the body of Christ and in the church life that brothers don't have. And I hope that you could see in the scriptures your function. And over these past several years, I have been um, deeply, deeply impressed and an appreciation uh, has just like a welled up in me for the function of the sisters. Um, we've shared this in, in other settings. Um, this, this is a little fellowship from uh, Brother Lee, Brother Witness Lee. He said, he said that the, the sister's function is like adding the salt or the seasoning to, to the cooking. Adding the seasoning. Brothers have fellowship. Yeah, it's kind of plain. They make arrangements. They they get things done. Without sisters, it just doesn't taste good. It's just hard to take sometimes. And and even 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 our functioning here, our setting up behind the scenes, all the things here. Uh, Usually, you see brothers moving around here and there. Actually, well, without sisters. Without the sisters, I just don't know what it would be. I just don't know what it would be. Um, it, it's just a particular function. And one sister, we, we were having actually some fellowship with a group of sisters. Saturday? Saturday. Last Saturday. Was it last Saturday? Seems like it was yesterday. It was last Saturday. Time is moving very fast. <laughs> but it was just last Saturday. One sister, one sister said something like this. She said... I know where the seasoning, I just don't know when to add it. <laughs> and then I don't know how much to add, because then you're... <laughs> you know. And so, anyway, you learn. And most of the things you learn by doing, most of the things you learn by mistakes, actually. Then you do something, the Lord, the Lord speaks to you, okay, don't do that. But you learn that's not the way. You learn that's not the way. But <clears throat> anyway, in... In uh, well, I, I was taking a little rest this afternoon, and uh, I awoke I, I with this hymn that we just sang, four seven four. One one with thee. I just awoke, like, and I felt like the Lord put that for what I'm going to say now. <laughs> he he reminded me of of this writing called the Six Marys. Do you, do you know this right here? The six, this, yeah. 
the sixth Marys. And so we have a booklet called the Six Marys. I don't, I don't know if we have any more in, 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 the, in the, you could take a look. Um, and, and it's a message, fellowship given by Brother Lee about the six Marys in the New Testament. When I read this, uh, I was like, oh my goodness. I, I, first of all, I used to mix up the Marys. <laughs> because you're in, and you think, oh, is this the same Mary? You just think, there's probably, I didn't know there were six. I thought there were three or four. There are six, which means I mixed them up. And so, of course, maybe the most famous one is Mary, the mother of, uh, of Jesus, right? Uh, anyway, he, he, he mentions these six Marys. And not only the, this is not just the message. I want to impress you with the Bible. The Bible presents these six Marys in an order of function. There's one related to his incarnation. That's Mary, right? Often referred to as the Virgin Mary. Right? Mary. Then there's Mary, the sister of Lazarus. You know about her, right? Mary Martha Lazarus. Yeah. And she, of course, uh, she, she's the top example of loving the Lord. Of loving the Lord. Then there's Mary Magdalene. That's not well, many, many Christians I know mix up Lazarus' sister with Mary Magdalene. Very interesting. Mar- Mar- this Mary also is a picture of loving the Lord. But she, she is mentioned along with some other sisters in, in Luke 8 about supporting the Lord with her material possessions. It's very, very, very interesting. Actually, Luke 8, Luke 8, um, 1, 2, and 3, verse 1, 2, and 3, talk about Joanna, Susanna, these names. And they are some sisters who had means. And, and uh, very, actually, <laughs> it's most, most interesting their their background. Let me just let me just read a little bit here. And soon afterward, he journeyed from city to city and village to village, preaching and announcing the gospel of the kingdom. And the twelve were with him, as well as certain women who were healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, who was called Magdalene, she was talking about, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. Can you imagine Herod Steward? Herod Steward's wife was supporting the Lord Jesus. Herod, terrible. And Susanna and many other women who ministered to them out of their possessions. Many other women. What does it highlight that? Well, I know it could be because more often than not, women are practical. They see need. They see need. The brothers will say, praise the Lord, brother. The sisters will say, do you want a cup of water? And these women ministered to the Lord. In a, this was in a physical sense. Because, you know, the Lord and his, the twelve, they basically were like, like full-time serving ones. And the Lord... That was facilitated by these sisters. Anyway, Mary is mentioned in that context. But then we see Mary at the cross. We see Mary when the Lord was resurrected. We see Mary when the Lord was ascended. She was there at these highlight points. Then there's, listen to this, Mary the wife of Clopas. She's mentioned three times. Uh, in, in John, in Mark, and in Luke, also at the Lord's crucifixion and at his resurrection. And then in, a- in Acts, there's Mary, the mother of John Mark. That's Acts 12.12. 12. This is the story when Peter's in prison 
and he's, in, uh, and he's sleeping there, and the angel comes, smacks him, he wakes up, and he, the chains fell off, fall off, he comes out, the door opens, and he says, oh, wait, what day? It's a prayer meeting. It must have been like a Tuesday. So it's a prayer meeting. So there's a meeting at the home of Mary. Can you imagine the apostle was in prison? So Christians are being persecuted. She still opened her home for the prayer. This shows something about this woman, Mary. Serving and somewhat at risking consecration. And this is the mother of Mark, the gospel preacher. I mean, the gospel writer. This is Mark's mother. She, she had such a consecration and she produced a younger apostle. Yes, Mark is the one who started strong, had a little detour, but then at the end, he was one of the very few left standing with Paul. But people like that don't just drop out of the sky. They're produced. They're produced by someone like this sister, Mary. And then, in Acts 16, Mary, it says, who labored, she labored for the church. So, what do you see with these Marys? Incarnation, loving the Lord, death at his resurrection, at his ascension, and at a prayer meeting, which means what? Church life and laboring. The, the development of these, just these six Marys shows many functions of the sisters. Anyway, with, with, uh, with most, you could see um, in Exodus 1, in Exodus 1, who saves Israel? It's two women. Actually, it's the midwives. You know the midwives, right? Shifra and Pua. There's a, there's a kind of edict that the Hebrew babies, the males, have to be killed, and they did something. It's hard to say what they did. It's hard to You read the story. It's really mysterious. They say, oh, the Hebrew women are lively. And they, you know, they kind of... Babies come. Anyway, they were there in the middle of that. It had something to do with those two sisters. And it seems like they were single because the Lord blesses them with households after this incident. And then that's chapter one. In chapter two, uh, Moses, the story of Moses. Now that the, now that, um, the, the, the Pharaoh's edict got defeated, he changed the edict that instead of the males being slain, they should be thrown into the river. So those two sisters, they, their actions caused a change in Satan's strategy. I, I want you to see this picture because we always say Egypt is a type of what? The world. The world. Sat- uh, 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 Pharaoh is a type of Satan. Satan. So these sisters show that when sisters rise up to function, they can make Satan have to change his strategy. Do do you see my point? Mm -hmm. That that we need more sisters like that. That they rise up, they say, no, not here. And so Satan has to go that way. And then two other sisters pop up. Not here either. Keep going. Because in chapter 2, Moses' mother and older sister coordinate to save Moses. So Moses is considered the savior of Israel. But the savior needed saving or preserving. And that was by four sisters and one brother. Because you don't, in, in Exodus 2, you don't see Moses' dad mentioned. But, but he was there. In Hebrews 11, it mentions that the father was involved. Yeah, amen. So the ratio is 80%, 20%. So that's one major function, the children. According to the scriptures, 
the, the moms play such a role with the children in case after case after case. That's Moses. I want to talk about Noah, and I'll come back to, to that. But let me talk about Deborah first. Um, you know, Deborah in uh, Judges uh, what, 4 and 5, she is a judge, and she is the only female judge that is, that, that is listed. This, from, what, from, the, from the account, she is an extraordinary woman with so much capacity. And then, after the victory in Judges 5, there's a song. And she, this is a song that she either wrote or sang. And, and it says, it's, it says the song of Barak and Deborah, but Barak hardly did anything. It's really Deborah. But even in the song, you could see her insight and her capacity. She was really an extraordinary woman. Now, <clears throat> I mentioned before, I'm coming now to the however that I left hanging before, that in Christ, all the same. In the church, different in function. And so, you could have a sister who has more growth in life. And also, who just humanly has more capacity, more, a lot of things. Um, however, however, what was the problem with Eve? The problem with Eve was just this, that she didn't remain under God's ordination of the human covering of the husband. She, she was contacted by Satan directly and did not take her husband as her covering. That was the problem. That brought in degradation. Deborah was a woman who was the top, but somehow she had either the insight or the grace to, to function under the covering of Barak. Someone who did not have as much capacity as she. You know, he was even a little afraid. If you, if you, read, if you read the story, they're, they're you know, um, they're losing the battle, and then, and then they come to, to Deborah. Deborah, you have to go. And she said, and she said, uh, well, um, uh, you have to know that, that uh, the battle will actually not, you will, no glory for you, right. no glory for you. The battle will be won by a woman. Where victory will be brought in by a woman. Actually, when you read that, you think it's her. But it was not her. It was another woman. Right. That was J.L., you know? Yeah. Uh, and and, and uh, actually, we have a, we have a J.L. among us here, right? Yeah, anyway, so, so inspired by that, by that, by that story. So, um, but anyway, Jaya also, mm, she, the way she functioned was such wisdom, such wisdom. And, and she, she must have had insight. She must have first recognized who is this guy. And then she, come on in. Come on in, and and this is this is the the leader of the of the army, you know, the leader of the army, and he's fleeing because because of Deborah's leadership, right? He's fleeing, and so and then she she welcomes him, and and then and then he he asks for water, and she gave him milk, and oh, that just oh, I think I wonder, I, I don't know for sure. I hope in the kingdom. I'd like to, at least in the New Jerusalem, if I don't make the kingdom, you know, the first thing. But in the kingdom, I'd like to just sit with J.L. Please tell us the story. What, I, I, I want to ask her, come on, what about the milk? What about the, because in the, it, Deborah makes a point of this. She, he asked for water, and he, she gave him milk. I think, 
Mmm, good cup of warm milk. Mmm, put you to sleep. Sleep better. And then when he was sleeping, she came and she, you know, with the with the peg. And she, it's a, she must have been, you know, I always got a picture of, you know, JL's like, like Elaine, she's just, you know, but I'm sorry, JL must have been strong. Because she, it says that she took the, put it to the temple and boom, and it went all the way to the ground. Now it was strong. So, but she had insight. She had wisdom. It, it was, she just handled the situation. Wow. Through hospitality. Can you imagine? Through hospitality, she defeated the enemy. I don't know. I just think there's more in that story for us to draw, draw from. But the point is, Deborah won the victory because even with great capacity, she came under covering. And sisters, this, uh, I hope you could receive this fellowship. Because so many of you have almost seems like limitless capacity. And that can be very useful to the Lord if, if it's under the proper covering. But not under the proper covering, it brings in degradation. It brings in degradation. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, from Deborah, you could see the contrast with even Deborah. There's something there for, for, for us. Now, um, Maybe, maybe to save time and give a little time to the, if the brothers want to say something too. Um, maybe I'll jump to, to Noah. I want, I want, I would like to talk, or I would like us for us to consider, because I believe as you consider, the Lord would speak more to you. Mm-hmm. Noah's wife. We don't know anything about her. We don't know her name. And Lot's wife. We don't know her name, but she gets a whole verse dedicated to her with three words. Remember Lot's wife. We're, gonna, we're coming to that tonight. But do, 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 you, do you remember the title of my fellowship to Puerto Rico? It was what? 40. There's 40 cases, seven functions that I derive from those 40 cases. And one negative example. And that was Lot's wife. And we also don't know that much about her except this negative part. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I hope that we could, for a little bit, just mm, open ourselves. That our, our mind would really be subject to our spirit. And we could have some consideration guided by the Spirit. And look at these two cases. These two cases are the two stories that the Lord Jesus said out of his own mouth. The final days will be like the days of Noah. And like the days of Lot. Why these two? Why didn't he say like the days of Enosh, like the days of Enoch, like the days of this one and that one? He only chose the Lord Jesus, I mean. Chose these two examples. Just just as the days of Noah, so will the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Just as the days of Lot, that's in Luke. Again, we're going to look at that tonight. So will the coming of the Son of Man. Sister Noah, Noah's wife, Mrs. Noah, not mentioned, really, except that his wife. But think about it. Think about it. Noah receiving the revelation. Noah, and not just Noah, Methuselah. You know, Methuselah was Noah's grandfather. I do believe they were together. I don't know for a fact, but I believe they were together. 
You know an interesting thing about Methuselah? You, you know Methuselah, right? He's the answer to a trivia question, right? <laughs> Who lived the longest in the Bible? That's Methuselah. 969 years. Do you know that those 969 years, they reached to Adam? Do you know Methuselah overlapped with Adam? And all the way to Noah's sons. Noah and his sons. So don't you think during that time when Noah was building the ark and the sons were there too, that, you know, Methuselah is, is, is the son of Enoch. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Right? He, he, he lived, he bore Methuselah and named him with this prophetic name, Methuselah, which means when he dies, it will occur or it will happen. What kind of a name is this? When he dies, it will occur. So then Methuselah lives and now... Now, uh, um, there was Methuselah, then Lamech, and then Noah. And so, anyway, Noah and the sons. Don't you think during those years, that span of decades, they were building, building, building. There's no rain yet. God is going to judge. He's going to judge. He told, he told Noah what he's going to do. He found someone who walked with God. Even that, the fact that it says Noah walked with God. Don't you think that Methuselah talked to Noah about his daddy? Oh, let me tell you a story about your great-grandpa, my dad, Enoch. Oh, Noah, we are in a very special family. Don't you think he would have... Don't you think he might have been inspired to walk with God through Methuselah's encouragement, first-hand stories about his own father? I believe so. I believe so. And don't you think he would have spoken to those boys? Boys, listen to your father. Follow your father. But also, mom, don't you think mom played a role in gaining those three girls? You know, eight went into the ark. Eight. Mm-hmm. Noah, his wife, the three sons, and the three wives of the sons, the daughters-in-law. You know, sometimes, hmm, daughters-in-law and mothers-in-laws, you know, there's a little something going on Sometimes. Best example in the Bible is actually Naomi and Ruth. That's a, that's a model for daughters-in-laws and, and mothers-in-laws. Mm-hmm. You know, we give Ruth. Ruth is the one, right? The Moabitess who she she came into God's among God's people, and then and then, you know, she's an ancestor of David, an ancestor of Christ, right? Yeah. But if there's no Naomi, there's no Ruth. Naomi shepherded her in, into that. Anyway, I do believe mm-hmm. Noah's wife had a hand in this, in, in those boys following their dad. There is, it doesn't say much there. That's why I'm saying you, you sort of need a sanctified imagination to consider. Hmm. And then contrast that with Lot's wife. Uh, I, it, the more I consider Lot's wife, the more I think Noah's wife must have risen up to keep the boys. I know, I know. Still, I know what they say, son. I know what they say. We're following your dad. We're following your dad. You know, she married into this family too. Right? She, she is not from this lineage. She married into this family. She paved the way for those three girls. Join yourself to God's people. Join yourself. And, and they did. You, you realize the families of those three girls were outside of the ark. Maybe some of them 
open now, we, we, we believe you now. Now that's a picture, of course, of salvation. One day the door is going to be closed. That's why we, we, we have to do our best to get the gospel. But God shut the door, it says. God shut the door. Don't you think there were people in those ensuing days? Noah! Noah! Including the families of the girls. I do believe Noah's wife played a role in that. In both the sons and the daughters-in-law. I just, I just believe that. Mm-hmm. And then Lot's wife. Oh, she married into this family too. And eventually, this family, somehow, uh, it seems like they were caught, trapped in material possession. Because that was Lot's problem, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, Abraham, Abraham, but the his last, Lot is Abraham's nephew, right? Abraham's nephew. And, and Abraham even rescued him, right? Mm-hmm. And even after that, he goes off. They got to, they, they were ble- like blessed too much. Mm-hmm. They were blessed too much. Can you imagine being blessed too much? Mm-hmm. They had too much money. Yeah, sometimes too much is, is not good. Sometimes it's more difficult to follow the Lord when you're blessed than when you're lacking. This is a, this is a, this is a lesson that we've seen. This more snares, more temptations. Mm-hmm. When you're deprived, when you're lacking, you you trust the Lord more. You're more desperate. So be careful when things are too good. Paul said, I learned the secret both to be abased and to abound. We need to learn the lesson of abound in abounding. Being in the Lord under his blessing and still going on. Because the Lord will bless. And actually I know some of your cases the Lord has blessed you. It's beautiful to see a family blessed and then full of blessing. They just, they, just, they just give and give and give. And we have such examples, hidden examples here. I hope you learn that kind of legacy. But Lot's wife, somehow, oh, how those daughters ended up, even their think, thought process, their thought process, that shows a lack in Lot's wife. It shows a lack. And then she's the one who, who, when they're fleeing, one glance, one glance. And this could be because of possession, you know, all her things. And I think it was. It could also be because some of her children were still there. You read the account. I think she had more than just these two daughters. So it could also be her children. Not everyone listened. Lot finally got serious and was saying, let's go. And even not, maybe not all his children even listened. What a contrast to Noah. I know. Those of you who are parents already Oh, your heart over your children. I know, I know. Me too. Over my own and yours. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, that the Lord would inspire many to be like the family of Noah. Mm -hmm. Like the wife of Noah. And and there's nothing more to, I don't know what it means. I just, I just, I think you have to go to the Lord. Make, make us such. Make my household such. Lead me, guide me, and save me from being Lot's wife. Save me from being Lot's wife. From being a, the factor in my family for corruption. 
you know, she lost her function. She lost, and so, so she was neither in the world, but neither in the safe haven. Stuck in, kind of. And I know, actually, sometimes some of our saints feel that way. I feel like I'm not in the world, but I don't enjoy the church life. And you're stuck. Yo, when you're in that, that's dangerous territory. I've been there. I've been there. It's a mercy to realize that. And to go to the Lord. Lord, I don't know what to do. Save me. You know, in such a condition, you still go to the Lord. Say, Lord, and come just as you are. Just as you are. There's no other hope. So, Lord, here I am, stuck in the middle. Be in me what you need to be, so that I should be what I should be. Lord, do, do that. Do that in me. But, anyways, maybe I'll just say that much. Uh, these two examples, just as I've been considering, particularly... Tonight is a, will be a continuation of this fellowship because we're going to just stay in Luke tonight, especially Luke 17 and 21, to see what the Lord says about being ready for His coming. And the Lord mentions these two stories. And I just mm-hmm. cannot help but think of these two women mm-hmm. and, the, and what the Lord wants to speak to us through, through their patterns. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Would you like to say something now? Wait a little bit? Yeah, say a little bit. Yeah, please. I think Brother Ricky gave us a very vivid picture. I think we all are very much impressed. And uh, it's quite a contrast that uh, the Noah and his wife and the sons and daughters and they got saved through the judgment. You know, we don't use the judgment too much. We just say the flood came, right? Uh, and compared to uh, the rest, they all perished. And uh, uh, it's quite important you know, the family can be saved and someone must have done something, you know, <clears throat> because every one of us is individual. Uh, I have kids, but for them to believe in the law, I can influence, but I cannot force it, right? So even Noah with the sons, yes, that's his sons. Maybe he spent all the time, help, you know, and uh, brought it up. But the wives, the wives are not, you know, not of the family, how can all the wives join in such a uh, building up the ark, you know? So, so it is quite a contrast uh, for us to see, especially the sisters in the picture. That if Noah's family, all the brothers, they are for the law, but the sisters, the wives, disagree. And I don't think the ark can, <laughs> can be built up. So I, I, I think... With that picture, and our brother mentioned, you know, the seven functions of all the, you know, Marys, and uh, it shows that the sisters are very important uh, for the for the family, for the salvation of family, for the participation of the family in the in God's economy. Uh, so they, uh, the whole family of Noah got saved, and. Uh, and of, of, of course, you know, recently we went over uh, the training on judges, uh, on Joshua, judges, and Ruth. And there the sisters are also very impressive pictures, right? Uh, I think our brother really brought up, brought, uh, brought a picture concerning Naomi and Ruth. Ruth is Moabite, is condemned, not allowed to enter into a congregation of the children of Israel, and yet there was a door open and she grabbed it. And she entered in and became an ancestor of the Lord Jesus. And uh, Rahab is the same. Rahab, you know, it's, a, it's worse than uh, Ruth. She's a prostitute. Of course, she heard something concerning the children of Israel and uh, she had faith. 
Of course, faith came from hearing, and hearing from the word of God. And this brings us back to the first message mentioned this morning, that we all, including the brothers and the sisters, need to enter into God's word. The faith may be infused into us that uh, we can participate in God's economy. Okay, I just want to add one word uh, that we need to have faith, but we also need to have love. Lois, last wife, she got saved. She was brought out of Sodom, but she didn't reach the safety place. I believe she had her, her heart was attached to something which is uh, totally against God. You know, I think that's a real warning. We all know the word Sodom is very much related to today's, uh, you know, the liberal the kind of uh, uh, sayings, uh, news, and uh, propagations, I mean, uh, propaganda and uh, influencing, especially the sisters, of course, some brothers, uh, I mean, the females and also the males. And so we need to choose, we need God's word. Just like our brother mentioned, in God's original creation, it's very clear, male and female. So we should not let any kind of thoughts get into us to influence Oh, male, female, you can choose whatever you want. That is not according to God's word. So when we have God's word, the word sanctifies us. That's what the Lord prayed. He prayed to the Father, sanctify them in the truth. And your word is truth. So we all need to take heed to this word, you know, especially uh, now the end time. You know, so many things going on, which is exactly lies become truth, truth become lies. So we all need to uh, uh, open to the law. So thank the Lord for all this sharing. I think it's very helpful uh, for us, you know, whether here the, there are some uh, are married, you know, the families. Families is a building block of the church life. Very, very important. Salvation is based on families. And even our service, we need not just, you know, us individually. We are here. We like to serve the Lord for our family, you know, our husband, our kids. They all need to serve the Lord. Uh, for me and my house, Amen. I will serve the Lord. Amen. We will serve the Lord. So may this will uh, get, take root in all of us Amen. that we can be uh, uh, gained by the Lord and uh, to consummate the age for him. And we ourselves can be saved and enjoy our salvation to the full. Amen. Amen. We still have a little time, sisters, if anyone would like to share. I don't know if we do it with the microphone, pass the mic around, or come up, or I don't know if you want to pass it. some impressions, some response, or some word of encouragement to one another.